I'd like you all to put your headphones on now, please. Two days. Sorry, could you just there's a bit of gravy? No, no, just just there. Two days we've been here. Blame your boyfriend. He's the one who put us on to this. And he was right. Boy in class this morning. Got knowledge way beyond planet Earth. You eating those chips? Yeah, they're a bit different. I think they're gorgeous. Wish I had something like this. It's very well behaved, this place. Mm. I thought they'd all be happy slapping hoodies. Happy slapping hoodies with asbos. Happy slapping hoodies with asbos and ringtones. Huh? Huh? Oh, yeah. Don't tell me I don't fit in. You were not permitted to leave your station during a sitting. I was just talking to this teacher. Hello. He doesn't like the chips. The menu has been specifically designed by the headmaster to improve concentration and performance. Now get back to work. See? This is me. Dinner lady. I'll have the crumble. So gonna kill you. Live from Albion Hospital, this is Doctor Who Podshot. This is Doctor Who Podshock number 39 for the week of May 8th, 2006. My name is Ken Deep, alongside Mr. Louis Trapani. Hello. And, of course, across the pond, Mr. James Norton. Hello. And uh, we have quite an episode prepared for you today. We have some reviews, as always, and we have news. And let's jump right into the news because I'm very excited about this first news story. Mm. Yeah, I think we all are. The first bit of news is uh, that apparently Christopher Eccleston has been cast as number six in a remake of the classic The Prisoner. Now, do we know if he's actually been cast or, or is he being considered or is it... Um, it, it ha- is it, has there been an actual announcement yet? Or I know there's been several news stories floating out there saying that Christopher Eccleston's like like being looked at, you know, first in line for this part. And I think it's an excellent choice. I can't think of anyone better to play that part. I think it's a um, great choice because, quite honestly, uh, first the first reaction always is, especially with something like The Prisoner, why? Bo- yeah, why remake? <laughs> Um, you know, how can you improve on great things? But if you're going to try, you put the most talented people you can find. And the, mm. the, we had just discussed this off the air, which was, okay, Chris Eccleston, geez, oh, oh, they're remaking The Prisoner? Hmm. Yeah, but Chris Eccleston's the guy that's being talked about as playing number six. It could be worse. We could have had Colin Farrell. You see the <laughs> You see the difference. It was like Tom Cruise in The Prisoner. It's like, yeah, okay, no. it's going to be crap. We don't want another War of the Worlds, please. Right. <laughs> but the flip side is it's Chris Eccleston in The Prisoner. And and that's the way I judge things. You know what I mean? I, yeah, well, he look what he did to Doctor Who. And, exactly. Um, Exactly. You know, and, and, and knowing now that we know Christopher Eccleston's acting style and I, I've seen him in other things as well and 
I, I you know, I think he would be very fitting for that part. Mm. I agree. I mean, I've not mm. seen a great deal of uh, The Prisoner, sadly. It's not been something that has been repeated because, of course, it's, I think it was in the... Originally broadcast, what, in the late 60s? It must have been... It was, I think it was 1969, if, if, if my memory serves. I, I, um, I'm, I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan. Of, because, like Star Trek, it took, it, it took real-world issues and put it in a setting um, that was sort of like obscure and science fiction-oriented or, or fantasy-oriented and, and was able to tell stories that you couldn't really tell at that time on television straight out, you know, yes. and... Um, well, so, it has to do with metaphor, and great art yeah, is always uh, about a metaphor, and mm -hmm. and that's what the prisoner was. I'm just curious now if Patrick McGowan is now because Patrick McGowan was more than just the actor; he actually uh, produced and mm -hmm. he was he was the brainchild of the prisoner Directed series. Directed and wrote many of and, the episodes uh, under so, under pseudonyms. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're bringing back the prisoner as a revive. Now I don't know if they're remaking it in the sense are they going to be telling some of the same episodes and stories or is it like a revision or, or I'm not sure they're how it's going to like pan Battle out. Battlestar Galactica. They're going to make it a woman and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christopher Eccleston's going to be in drag playing uh, number six. <laughs> so um, I'm just curious whether or not Patrick McGoon will be involved in it. And I no. guess. Um, no disrespect to, to Chris Eccleston, but to me, you know, Patrick McGowan originally, like, we, again, we were talking a little bit getting, as we were getting prepared for, for Podshock. Uh, originally, um, Patrick McGowan, you know, played the secret agent, and then the prisoner was uh, unofficially an extension of that. Um, yeah, and there was, and because of that, it was this whole speculation that is this the same character, and, the they, same and they character. added to the mystery because the audience didn't know. We just knew him as Number Six, and his real name was never revealed. So there was this assumption that since he was playing a secret agent there and here, he's a retired secret agent, and now he brought, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I'll stop there. So well, whether or well, not it's the same character or not, as and much that's as I'm what excited to it. about having Chris Eccleston in the part, part of me was hoping for. Uh, if they were going to do this up here, Sprosnan or Timothy Dalton, someone who played Bond, to take that extension. Because the, the premise of the show is how does a secret agent, how does someone with so much knowledge, so much secret information retire? You know, that, that's, yeah. that was the, yeah. the, essentially how the, sh the, sh the show gets its start. Yeah, like uh, Timothy Dalton, I th might, you know, do well in that. I'm, I'm, and then again, I'm not. I'm not knocking the, the casting of Chris Eccleston if that's the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, we, we love Chris Eccleston. He's great, so no problem there. But it would have been a great opportunity to have a former Bond actor um, Well, yeah. step I mean, in what as well. We, what we know about Christopher Eccleston, what we've seen with Doctor Who, was that he was able, on the turn of the dime, go from, you know, or like um, goofy to you know deadpan seriousness, yes. and I think that's something that um, Patrick McGowan sort of did as in the role as well, uh, where he could be making a you know a, a funny remark but has a serious tone underneath it, you know. And um, I think Christopher Eccleston would do very well in this if this if this turns out to be the case that he's he is he does have well, the part or he's being looked at in, for the part. In several instances, I know that there's a number of of projects in development and you know there's always rumors and things and and um just as a an aside to what we're talking about although the prisoner is in development and first for all we know it may never see the light of day i mean look how long it took to get hitchhikers made um they're working on a tripods movie a greatest american hero movie are they uh they're working on a remake of logan's run 
Uh, really? Yeah, so uh, there's a number of things that are in development. Uh, this Tron sequel, this Tron 2.0, which started with the video game that Disney wants to make a, either a sequel or a remake. You know, based Yeah, the last on I heard was now they're thinking a remake. Yeah, uh, so there's a number of things. First off, you got to remember, Hollywood doesn't have original ideas. If no. there are original ideas, no. they're squashed because that's against the law in California. Because so, it's a risky business where they have where, where they can go with something that has a built-in audience, either a remake or um, a sequel. They feel that it's a built-in audience, so they know they're going to get X amount of people. Well, well look that- at look at what we have this summer. We have a remake of Superman. We have X-Men 3, Mission Impossible 3, and, and Poseidon, the remake of the Poseidon Adventure. Mm-hmm. There's four existing franchises being tapped into. Uh, the Poseidon Adventure looks, looks fine. Actually, you know what? After With the new special effects, I think that can be something that could be really exciting to see. So I think the original holds up very well today. It, 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 of course. Look at the casting you know, in it. The casting's yeah, genius. And, and I said that same thing with, with Planet of the Apes. But when, um, my okay. problem with... And I, and I have to knock this, I have to, is Mission Impossible 3, like 2 and 1, with Tom Cruise and all this kind of stuff. The original Mission Impossible was in the era of Star Trek and The Prisoner, and it was mm-hmm. cerebral, and it mm-hmm. was something where it challenged you mentally. They turned it into The Matrix. Yeah, and and the, I haven't seen the movies. I have to be honest. I've never seen any of the Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise, but I did. Peter you know, Graves see... did not hover in the air on a motorcycle while the camera went 360 well, around him. I'm sorry, it didn't happen. Well, well, also the original was an ensemble cast. Right. It wasn't, yes, it was a team. You know, it was a, it was team. a team. Which they tried to pull off a bit in the original by killing them off. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to put any spoilers, but it just seemed it just seemed like an excuse just to have. Tom Cruise in the lead role. It was um, a, with a name brand is what they yes, needed. They needed a yeah. name brand action movie. But I think they just got it wrong and they, they completely misjudged the whole idea of um, Mission Impossible. And it just seemed, although there was a team, a new team at the time, which did correspond together, it just didn't seem to click. It was just Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. I don't, in Tom Cruise films, I don't see why they give it a title. They may as, or a plot. They may just yeah, they, well they have just Tom, Cruise Tom Cruise jumping right. through fireballs. <laughs> Tom Cruise yeah. 4. Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise five, on yeah. a motorcycle. Tom Cruise <laughs> yeah. flying an airplane. That's it. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and, and no that's actually plots. our review of War of the Worlds from last summer prior to us having Podshock. I know we were really digressing, but we said that just about anybody else could have stepped into the role that Tom Cruise played in War of the yes. Worlds. The movie would have been just as good. It oh, no, it would have been better it, if anyone else actually, played it. Actually, yeah, you know, in some ways it was. I, I don't think he was terrible. I just don't think I that... I thought so. I just don't think that... I, I think you could have had any number of actors step into that role, and the aliens still would have been menacing, and the story still would have well, been the same. Yeah, I found Tom Cruise was, I don't mean to sidetrack, but it was distracting to the movie, and um, well, I, I just I, I didn't buy it at all. I think, if anything, I mean, I didn't go and see the film, and I'll tell you the reason why I didn't go and see the film. The reason why I didn't go see the film was because Tom Cruise was in it. Well, a lot of reasons there, yeah. and I think that they would have gotten a much higher rating, um, more money from the box office if they'd have cast somebody different in the role, someone unexpected. Tom Cruise was a, 
an easy... He was, he's supposed to be playing a blue-collar worker, and he has immaculate teeth. His <laughs> teeth were, there's like, bright... What, like, what are you implying <laughs> about the working class, Lewis? And, and... No, no working class person could maintain teeth like that. And then his son, the character in the movie, whoever the actor is, a fine actor, whatever, but again, glowing bright white teeth. But what's and funny it's... is that he plays this divorced guy, and his ex-wife rolls in with her new oh, husband. Yeah. Well, the, She's yeah. gonna give up Tom Cruise for this like average bloke that's in the movie. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I divorced this guy. You know, it's like, what are you nuts? Who can believe that? <laughs> well, I think that it, if I ever did go and see it, it would be to heckle at it or to laugh at it. And well, anyway, guys, we really yeah, got off. Yeah, we're getting sidetracked. I don't know. We went from Christopher Eccleston and uh, in prisoner. <laughs> Move along, move along. I have to just, in order to defend ourselves for the few people that are probably skipping forward at this point, the three (laughs) are not just Doctor Who fans. I mean, we're we're guys who enjoy um, diverse things. In in addition to science fiction, as Star Trek fans or fans of, of other science fiction, we're also movie buffs and music buffs and things like that. You know, our our wells are pretty deep, so. Um, and we, and we, have, we have opinions on these things, and, and we feel very passionate because the reason we're Doctor Who fans is because we have certain expectations and certain levels that we expect mm-hmm. uh, what we take in as entertainment to reach. And I know I've taken some heat on, on, on the boards and some feedback with emails and stuff about I'm, I'm not a Stargate fan, and I've, and I've come out being very critical of them. And it is because I set my bar in a certain, at a certain level that I am not a Stargate fan. And I'm not disrespecting anybody who is, but I feel the need to, to explain myself a bit and say that I just think it's cut from the cloth of the 47 Star Trek knockoffs, the, the Gene Roddenberry passed away, time to just absolutely rape Star Trek. And Stargate... <laughs> Stargate is an extension of that. We can come up with one idea, and we can milk this thing till it runs dry. And I, and I believe that to be the case. I'm not saying there isn't some good people involved or some talented things going on or some creative things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying as, as far as what we should expect as an audience, we should not settle for second best. Sci-fi fans yeah, have never right. settled for second best. And and now we're just being looked at as as just another marketing niche, as an, as another source of income, really. Another know, source of income, that, absolutely, absolutely. We just throw it out there. I mean, because that's in the past. You know, sci-fi has been a very secular kind of. You the know, best people... example, James, is Independence Day. Independence Day was a movie put out there yes. that they said, watch, all the sci-fi nuts are going to go crazy for this film because we're going to give them exactly what they want. We're going to blow stuff up and have great special effects, but we're going to have no characters, and you're not going to give a damn. It doesn't matter. Yes. People just want to see special effects. And that's what you get if you accept it. No science, it. no characters, no story. It was just... If you accept it and you support it and you spend your money on it, then you get what you deserve. And that's why I don't watch that Ghost Hunters crap. It's why I don't watch 
uh, Stargate. Like, yeah, and that's that's and that even doesn't even belong on Sci Fi Channel anyway because it's not science. Well, I guess it is science fiction. Well, can you explain <laughs> to me? Can you explain to me why they're doing a Law and Order SVU marathon on the Sci Fi Channel? I can. I love that. the show. I love the Law and Order series. I enjoy it's it. I like criminal show. stuff, but it is not a science fiction show. Yeah, it's Sci Fi Channel, I should say. So. Oh, and by yeah. the way, I, uh, we we talked about this last week, but in sort of news. So let's here we go, getting back on topic. Yeah, you can tell I had forty-seven gallons of coffee in me. By the way, <laughs> um, there oh is my. a Doctor Who marathon coming up right after Parting of the Ways. Yeah, the they listen. Week. Believe it or not, the episode hasn't even been released yet at the time of this recording. Yet the somehow the Sci-Fi Channel heard you, Ken, and um, and 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 and, and bow down to you. I believe the power it's the, of Podshock. I'm telling yes. you, the third <laughs> the third weekend of June. Um, there is in, on the schedule on the Sci-Fi Channel, I believe, is seven episodes. There's no titles in any of the June listings, but it, I mean, if if things hold true to form, it's Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways week one and two in June, and then week three in June is a marathon uh, of seven episodes. Which ones they're going to be? I, I don't know whether they're going to do like a greatest hits, or are they going to do just the last ones or just the first ones? Again, we don't know yet. Um, but we know we'll pass it along I, to you. I thought I, uh, I, I guess I have to look for it later. But I think someone may had posted something in our forums about it, listing the episodes. But I could be wrong. Yes, uh, I believe if memory serves, Taris first reported it. I believe. Yeah, Taris is usually on top of these things. I like this guy, Taris. He knows what he's doing. Taris yeah. is great. He's top man. And uh, a all very, hail Taris. A very worthy part of Podshock as. Uh, as All so of our listeners are. who contribute. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we we kind of went off on a major tangent there, not <laughs> not on yeah. purpose, but definitely relevant. I feel to stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> okay, but let's get back to some Doctor Who news, or actually right. more a rumor. Yes, uh, a pretty nasty rumor. Well, not really well, nasty. Sh- not salacious. We should preface this with spoiler warnings, spoiler, just in case. Spoilers. It- spoiler. <laughs> spoiler alert. Red spoiler alert. alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the ship is on spoiler alert. <laughs> and, and, I, and I love the mirror. The, the article comes out of the mirror. The mirror's headline on this, in typical mirror, you know, form, is Rose's lover Mickey quits. First of all, how is he a lover? Have we ever been <laughs> making love in the show? I mean, come on. <laughs> Rose's lover quits. Uh, you know, it's just... The mirror. <laughs> That's, it's oh, just I, typical. I, I, it's a tabloid newspaper. Let's get. Let's face it. You know. Yeah. But they well, have that. The, surprisingly, there. Aside that aside, they have the Will, mirror and the sun have been quite accurate in their stories and things. Well, wait a minute. We'll know in up. one week if it, if that whole different theme song thing is true. Because in in the Rise of the Cybermen episodes, if they don't change the theme song, that story gets flushed right down the toilet. <laughs> 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 so, so the, the the countdown is on to see whether or not they're that's on true. The ball but I, I was more referring to um, Billy Piper not quitting. And actually, uh, you know what, guys? You know what? Maybe maybe they got the information wrong. Maybe this guy's writing the Torchwood theme. Possibly, possibly that's it's a uh, possibility. And yeah. uh, also, but also they got right um, a new series of K Nine. Uh, actually, that was thing. the Sun. 
That was yeah, it was the sun, but you know, the similar thing. Say, <laughs> they, same. They're all the same. <laughs> well, you know, you, you see one tabloid, tabloid you see them all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's exactly it. So. And I, also in a, in a touch of news, I know Lou's going to hate me because he he shot me down on this, but I'm just stuffing it in anyway. Uh, in September 2006. Uh, they're re-releasing the Star Wars original Star Wars trilogy on DVD that will include both the special editions and the original theatrical cuts, which everyone was clamoring about. Everyone thinks that Lucasfilm is doing this, you know, because the fans wanted it. No, they're getting killed in the bootleg market, is what it is, and they want their cut. So, uh, but but don't get me wrong, I'm glad to have them. So Greedo will go back to shooting first for you Star Wars fans. How does, can it, just... how does it relate to Doctor Who, you might ask? Julian Glover, along with Leslie Schofield, along with Deep Roy, and a number of... Well, I was Doctor just going to justify it that Peter Cushing, Peter who played Cushing? the Doctor, yeah. is in uh, Star Wars A New Hope. And so you can see another side of Peter Cushing in a more serious <laughs> role. <laughs> Lesson. So, so but we go. but we haven't finished with the with okay, the go, uh, go Mickey. Okay. You, 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 you we were trying to slip. You, we're slipping our listeners a Mickey, and you went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother! <laughs> Can the puns get any better? I think not. I think not. Lewis, you report on this because you know the most about it of the three well, of us. I think. The Mirror is reporting, and again, spoiler alert. You know the deal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is um, coming from the mirrorco.uk. Uh, uh, his goofy character, Mickey Smith, boyfriend of Rose Tyler, played by Billy Piper, leaves our screens later this month. No, 30, pictured right, and there's no picture of him to the right. So, anyway. <laughs> Goes out while fighting robot enemies, the Cybermen. Now, robots? Okay, but this is the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but robots. it's also an alternate universe. Yeah, well, okay, we'll find this out more. Right, okay, he's right. and he's not we'll find goofy, out more about by me. the way. I happen to think he's, he's uh -huh, really. Uh -huh, good I'm goofy. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I'm goofy. I'm just a robot dog. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <brother. laughs> he said, "It's." I, I'm sorry, I can't do a no clock impersonation. I don't do it. No, 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 that's okay, Luke. So please. It's great. It's it's a great episode and good and a good end up for the character. Mickey's comes to Mickey comes a long way from the guy who got stuck uh, to the, to the bin in episode one last year. Um, Actually, no, you know what? Maybe he travels with them into the alternate universe. Come to think of it, like when they go. Yeah. To, yes. Well, they, he does. Mm, he does. Yeah. All right, guys, ruin it for me. Why don't you? <laughs> Sorry. Well, we are in the spoiler alert bit, but well, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll get to see that once you see the girl in the fireplace. But anyway. Sorry, uh, no, who, who has... No, who had... <laughs> I'm really doing bad today. Yeah, no, no, who, who has had his film talks in Hollywood is also writing an episode of Doctor Who spinoff series, Torchword. But he added, he, Mickey won't be in it. Sadly. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice that he's remaining part of the show. Oh, yeah, even, great, you know. great stuff. Great stuff. And, and, and we and also have to give credit to someone in our forums who first alerted to us. Uh, there was a Doctor Who monthly article that uh, had had uh, alluded to him leaving as well. And uh, there was a Doctor Who monthly article that mentioned his la his final episode. Mm. And someone in our forums, and forgive me because I I'm not I don't see it I don't see it right away, um, brought it to our attention first. Quite, right. quite right. So, um, but the the Gallifrey Embassy dot org 
slash podshock.net forums are just booming with information. Okay, it, it was um, Dino, the, the, his, uh, his screen name, his forum name is um, Dino42. Um, so thank Thanks you. For that. He, he originally posted it in our forum saying, um, Datu Monthly Magazine, issue 369, um, on page 6, uh, confidential section, it says, um, Mickey Smith, from zero to hero, a look at the journey of Mickey Smith has taken over the past two years, featuring uh, key backstage... Uh, okay, this is a description for, I think, a confid- for the confidential series, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um Featuring key backstage scenes in his final episode, Noel Clark provides an insight to life and on the set and beyond. So, the, um, again, Dino42 originally brought it to our attention uh, May 1st on our forums. Good, awesome. Good for Thanks him. For I that. love getting scoops in the forums. That's the best. Yeah. You know, provided that they're not just made of junk, because that can happen, but... But we've been pretty good. We've had a lot, actually a lot of very accurate information in the forums. I also wanted to um, make a quick mention of um, the Age of Steel time change, guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Which is? Seven? I, I, do I live in England? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's seven. They, what they did, and I was quite surprised about this, actually, because, well, myself and Lewis and Ken, in the, the pre-production meeting, were talking about this, and... Uh, I was surprised uh, because they moved it backward, The Girl in the Fireplace, the episode that was on this last Saturday. They moved that back 15 minutes, so it was on at 7 o'clock. But they seemed to make such a big deal uh, when School Reunion was on that it was going to be on five minutes later, so that it was going to be on seven, at 7.20. They, they publicized mm-hmm. that heavily yeah, on their website mm-hmm. everywhere, but yet there wasn't a single mention that it was going to be on 15 minutes early. So yeah, That's weird. I mean, you, you figure later would be less of an issue than earlier. Yes, definitely. I mean, because it annoyed me um, back when The Empty Child was on last year because I missed the beginning of that because it was on earlier and it wasn't very well publicized. Um, and now they seem to be doing, but at least now they're on the ball and realized, hey, we didn't actually publicize that at all. Perhaps we should <laughs> do that this week. Um, so, it, but also kudos to um, Outpost Gallifrey as ever, uh, and a very loyal news service and uh, very very good for the, for um, alerting us to to the time change. So that will be on at seven o'clock yet again yeah. uh, this coming week. So be alert, mm-hmm. Podshock listeners. Don't don't miss your Doctor. I gotta also point out while we just you just happened to mention the um, the empty child, the Sci-Fi Channel just recently showed it, and uh, I was very curious to see if they were going to put the skull cracking in and it and remained out. Although although Lewis said it's back in on the DVD, yeah. uh, on the televised version, it, it wasn't there. And neither again for the second week was a preview of the coming week's episode. And yeah, this what's had a the deal with hand. that? Yeah, mm. uh, that's. Yeah. You know they, they show the, which is fine. They show the uh, the 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 promo for the DVD, and you know right after the episode ends, you know for the DVD box at, at Amazon.com. Oh, but they got that Stargate preview on. But boy. then they yeah, then they had to throw Stargate at us. Uh, why don't we see a preview for next week's episode? You know, it's interesting because you would have thought the Sci-Fi Channel would have realized that all the hardcore Doctor Who fans like ourselves will notice these things because, of course, we've already seen the series through other means and you would have thought that they would have, they would have 
made an, a, a real effort to ensure that it well, stays loyal to the original, or at least put in the important bits, like you say, yeah, you know, have a I, preview I, I when think, it's a cliffhanger. I think they've given up on it. I think the numbers have come back, and they know that they're going to get what they're going to get, and that's it. I really, I, I, you know, that's just my impression halfway through the season. I think they're, you know, they've got what they've got, and they're just waiting for Stargate and Battlestar to get back into its time slot and draw its numbers. I, I really, I think that's, that's it, you know? Well, you know, maybe they, they're feeling that they have a whole new set of eyeballs watching Doctor Who that don't watch Stargate, and now they want to push Stargate, their other drug Yeah, well, I got news for you. I'm, I'm on to the Stargate thing. Okay. <laughs> and and just like they they still doing those pop up ads for Ghost Hunters, you know. Yeah, I'm which, on to that too. Yeah, <laughs> we're on to I'm you. On to that too. Sort it Here, out. Here's what I'm gonna do. By the way, we're gonna have a, a when we get our video podcast going, I'm gonna go into a room with no lights with my video camera, and I'm gonna go. Something just touched me. <laughs> okay, and we're gonna call it a ghost show. I mean, hey, come we on. Could do that as a pod- we could do that as an audio podcast right now. They, they, well, someone just touched me. Yeah, someone just touched me. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got to remember, this is what they think of you. This is what they think of you. If you are a sci-fi channel viewer, and I am, this is what they think of you. And, you, and don't stand for it. Don't stand for it. Stand I'm mad for as hell, quality. and I'm not going to take it you're, anymore. You're damn right I am. I'm pissed off because I set the bar a little higher on what I want. I'm not a genius. I'm not a guy who has to have my sci my sci-fi be like the the best of the best. Although yeah. I do appreciate it. But you know what? I'm tired of having this watered down crap. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm pissed off. I'm not the I think I think everybody I think everybody listening to Podshock right now, wherever you are, just I don't care where you, you, you know are. Hold on your window. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and, and, then, and so that and so that my so that the Stargate people who who hate me now understand this. If Stargate was the worst of it, I wouldn't have a problem. If if that was as low as we went, I wouldn't have a problem. But to just think about this for a second. You know I don't like Stargate. There are worse things on the Sci-Fi Channel. They show Liar Liar, the Jim Carrey comedy, as a science fiction program, as a science fiction movie marathon. What's, where, because, can you spot the science fiction without a microscope? Well, because Jim, Jim Carrey's an alien. He's not, you know, of no, this earth. No, so. don't. I stop. I got, you know, <laughs> stop, stop, stop this. Expect better and write them emails and tell them you're tired of this crap <laughs> i'm dead serious i'm tired of this let's all do it i'm gonna compose an email tonight and i live in the uk <laughs> well james you've got the worst of it sci-fi uk is complete crap oh sci-fi uk is rubbish i never watch it it's I didn't, I didn't think that there could be a worse lineup of science fiction than, than, than the Sci-Fi Channel has until I saw Sci-Fi UK's lineup. Well, Sci-Fi UK doesn't even have things like Battlestar Galactica, which is its own program. And I, I don't understand that. It, you know, it's shown on other series, obviously just because other channels here in the UK. And don't even get me it. started on BBC America or BBC America <laughs> Shop. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're they're the BBC only in name only, so they have nothing True. to do with the True. BBC proper. But, All right, uh, well, we, we're, we're digressing, gentlemen. It's we're, we're thirty minutes into, and it was no, we had no news I gotta, this week. Uh, now I've got to go break something. <laughs>
Okay, go break something and, and, and we'll re- be right back with Doctor <laughs> Who Podshock. Everyone go and break something and come right back. <laughs> Hello, I'm Elizabeth Slayton and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshock. The following is a promo for the podcast The Signal. These are just a few of the segments we've recorded. And you can hear, it isn't what we thought. No, but you'd be a great dirty old man. Damn it, Mal. <laughs> Hand me my teeth. <laughs> no, 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 we're not, not going to go, go there. There's been no war here. And no podcasting event. The environment is stable. It, It's the signal. The big damn podcast that we added to the iTunes music store. And most of the big podcast directories. It was supposed to entertain the population, feed their craving for Firefly and Serenity. Adventures in Serenity. Well, it works. The people here stopped complaining, and they stopped everything else. They stopped going to work. They stopped breeding, talking, eating. There's 20,000 people here, and they all just listen to the signal. Captain Reynolds I have to be quick. Many of the population had an activist reaction to the signal. Their guerrilla marketing response increased beyond madness. They have become brown coats. And not just brown coats. They've done things, bought the DVDs, lent them to their friends. The I won't live to report this, but people have to know. We meant it for the best. To get a sequel made to Serenity. Oh, God! The Signal, Season 2. Serenity is worth fighting for. Okay, we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. I didn't calm myself, you realize. <laughs> we'll excuse you. You go away. Calm yourself. Do whatever it takes. No, it's all <laughs> just tur- just no, mute your vo- you, mute, you mute your microphone and <laughs> let us know when you're back. No, you know what? I could. It's only because I want the best for all of us. Absolutely. I've met yeah. people who are Podshock listeners. I know Doctor Who fans. I know sci-fi fans, and we expect better. It's that simple. You can't you can't give us the Jedi mind trick. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. Amen. Okay, now speaking of things that are better, the Doctor dances is much better. Oh, now that's <laughs> see now you're turning it around, Lewis. Now, now you're bringing the A game. <laughs> <laughs> this is a a follow-up or part two of the Empty Child, which uh, started off on um, a high note, and um, and the Doctor dances carries it through, and um. I believe we're going to start this review with a segment that um, that our Canadian correspondent Russell Hale and, and James had previously recorded. Is that right, James? Sorry, that, yeah, that's right. Um, we met up uh, earlier on this evening and uh, recorded something. So it's, uh, again, a bit of traveling in the TARDIS to, to sort this out. But So we apologize for that. But it's, it's good to hear Russell's opinion of the show. So. 
Hi, Ken Lewis and James. And actually, we're doing a little bit more of review time traveling here. I'm with James a little bit earlier than all you guys are together. And we're going to talk about the Doctor Dances that just aired on the uh, Sci-Fi Channel. Mm -hmm. So good to have you on board for this review, James. Yeah, thank you for having me here yet again. Okay, so l l let me get your impression of the episode first. Well, we kind of, when we reviewed The Empty Child uh, last time, Mm -hmm. uh, we mentioned um, that, of course, it's it's our favourite episodes. Uh, is the because it's obviously a two-parter, the Empty Child stroke, the Doc's dances, because it all occurs within one night. Uh, right. It's just uh, one story sort of follows on into the next because it's all one big thing. So that was mm -hmm. really cool, and I think that was aside from. Um, the Aliens of London and World War Three. I think this was the only thing, the only sort of where it really rolled one story into the other. Although, if you look at um, Bad Wolf, yeah, that and runs the across ways. the entire yeah. series, obviously. But I mean, mm -hmm. just like consecutively, um, yeah, as as one story, which uh, the style, uh, yeah, particularly. So I really enjoyed that, and I loved the whole dark theme that was going on. I, I mentioned talked about this a lot last time. Um, I just think they're cracking, cracking episodes. Uh, all written, of course, by Stephen Moffat, who's right. a, a brilliant writer, and he's done things like coupling and, and all sorts of bits and bobs. Uh, so, and, yeah. and, it, I, and I think it's more of an impact for people, you, for you, you guys in the UK and Europe, because of the the, the blitz setting of it. I think. It'd probably be more of an impact to European audiences, North American audiences, because nobody in North America, Canada, U.S. has ever experienced that kind of war, really, okay. in our on our ground, anyway. Okay. Like I have a grandmother and a mother who have lived through that, so I've gotten that impression. But I think a lot of North Americans, unfortunately, maybe don't get the the, the significant impact of of that event, I guess. Hmm. Okay. In yeah, some I, ways. I can appreciate that. It was a really good episode, very dark, very darkly shot. I, I was funny watching it, I'm thinking there must have been a lot of night shoots. Yes. To do yeah. that. Well, a lot of it was, of course, um, you'd be surprised, but the, the, a lot of it was locations. Um, but also, I th they tried to get in uh, a lot of other scenes inside with the hospital and, of course, Captain Jack's ship because. Uh, I think it's really difficult for them to do location shoots at, at night and things because they've only got obviously only got a certain amount of time and it'll probably be right. really really late. Um, so of course the, 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 they can they've got uh, uh, almost a phenomenal amount of time in the studio. Whereas of course if they're shooting on location, they'll only have that location for a day. So they've really got to sort of wrap things up, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah, and the location shooting did did really seem really authentic. I mean, it really looked like they really went back in time to the forties. Yeah, the buildings, all the props and sets were nicely done. Yeah, I, I, I the whole feel of both of these episodes was fantastic. It was great, um, and, uh, and the, the one scene I really liked was near near the end of it when Captain Jack pulls a Doctor Strangelove move. Yes, yes. And for all yes. you cinema files, if you watch it near the end, 
what he does is right out of Doctor Strangelove. It is, although I... not quite as wacky. No, no, but the, 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 or anything like that. Yes, but the visual <laughs> is is definitely there. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, that's a nice little slight nod to that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was intended, but yeah. No, if it wasn't intended, it, it definitely came off that way to me. You know. <laughs> and, yeah, and, but... and I and so I encourage all listeners if if you don't know Doctor Strangelove, it's a classic piece of cinema. And watch it, and 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 then watch and uh, watch this episode, and you'll you'll see the reference I'm talking about. Yeah, very, uh, of course, Peter Sellers' classic yes. film. Um, a lot of uh, satirical look at war, basically. Um, yes, yeah, and, uh, and the course, Cold War particularly, I suppose. Yes, and and the uh, and you know, and then of course Rose wearing the Union Jack shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, kind of funny, um, but there was lots of really funny little bits in because obviously I think, well I think this is rated unsurprisingly the most scariest episode of this past series, series one. Yeah, and it's not hard to see why, obviously. Um, but it was no, nice. And, and, uh, it was it was nice that they could throw in little bits of humour here and there to kind well, of lighten I, I the think, mood. Yeah, I think that's what makes Doctor Who work for a lot of shows, a lot of episodes, especially we're seeing that even more in series two, is the mix of horror and humor and blending it together so that it really makes it a, a really good show. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that, that's, the, the, that's the formula that's made Doctor Who last for the past 40 years is the horror and the humor. Mm, mm, and if, mm. if you can keep that mix good and not go heavy on one or the other... Yes, because that's, that's what... uh, a major criticism that people had... Uh the later years of uh, Doctor Who, uh, the classic series, of course, I mean, that, mm -hmm. of course, it got a bit silly and a bit too funny for people, I think. Um, but yeah, they've, they've, the, when it goes to either extreme, then people do complain, I think. Uh, it's Mary Waterhouse, uh, sorry, White House, and people like that are an example. Of, right. Uh, oh, it can't be too scary, it's for kids, or oh, it can't yeah. be too silly because you annoy fans, and... So it's, yeah. it can be tricky to get that balance right, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, an overall good episode, good acting still by that, 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 young, that young girl, and, and, and really interesting way it wraps it up. Too. Yeah, I liked it. It was kind of a twist at the end. Um, yeah. You know, it was really... Well, I just love these episodes, the way it shot the feel, the acting, the introduction of Captain Jack. It was Jack. interesting. You, you look at both episodes, it gives you clues on what... The solution is, but the reveal really isn't until the very end. Yes, yeah, and that's so you get classic hints. Who. Classic yeah, exactly. Who. Um, and I don't think that I personally would have it any other way. Oh, no, and no, I mean, the, the best two stories are ones that don't give it all, all away and, and make the, the viewer think about it and think of the solution. Yeah. And then when it does come, you go, oh, okay, that makes complete sense now. Yes, yeah. yeah. All right, then, so uh, thoughts overall? Are you going to give it a, a rating, Ultram? Oh, okay, I, I, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a rating. I'll, I'm gonna give it a, a three, three and a half out of out of five. Really? Yeah, wow. you know, because uh, there there's still episodes coming further on that I did like a lot better, and and had more of an impact for me. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, I I mean I like I like the character Captain Jack, uh, and I hope they they do more of them with, with Torchwood coming up and everything. But it's uh, if, you, if you look at the series in the whole, and we always try to do that with these reviews, uh, there, there's still some of the other ones I would rate higher. So right, okay, well that's that's fair enough, I suppose. I, you know, it's uh, 
You're entitled to your own opinion, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really love this, these uh, stories, so I'm going to go and give it a uh, four. No, I'll give it a five out of five. Oh, okay. Because I can't remember what I gave it last week, but I definitely think that these two as a whole are mm. worth a five out of five. And, and I do like the spooky who, as I say in the forums, spooky who is my favorite type of who. There we go. All right, so a uh, bit, bit, bit more of time traveling now, so back ahead to my future self and uh, Lewis and Ken. So there we are. Thank you so much, James and Russell. Yes. yes. Although I 100% disagree. Well, <laughs> I have to say, I... Um, as with um, the empty child, I'm I'm you know, I'm just getting it out of the way right now. I'm giving this five, five out of five. Five out of five, both for me and uh, and my challenge to Russell is name me a better episode. Yeah, I guess I I thought that I thought it was a, a bit harsh, but I I can understand that if he if he appreciates better uh, later episodes, mm -hmm. then of well, course he's entitled yeah, see, now, to his own opinion. But I, without, I I'm with you, Ken. I disagree. Without jumping too far ahead. There are parts of the last episode, parts of it, that emotionally are so incredible that the entire episode gets pushed up a notch. But I personally think that if you actually extracted those moments, it's still a good episode. But I think people are there are there are moments that overshadow the entire episode that bring it up a notch. If you see what I'm saying, the mm -hmm. Doctor dances mm -hmm. an empty child together consistently run at that high level. Consistent, yeah, I agree. Most consistent mm -hmm. yeah. level. I, I and, and out of out of all the two parter episodes, I think this is the most consistent. You know where the the momentum and the as just Ken what just said, the consistency is there. It, it, the pacing, everything is. You could actually mend the two together and have a little movie. You could have and, yeah, it's, it's theatrical. And if you if like you said, if you mend the two together, the old school way of doing it on PBS here as an example, mm -hmm. uh, you'd actually have a very theatrical feeling exactly to mm -hmm. the to the to the piece. Absolutely. I also think, I, I've been, and we've been counting this down as we go, uh, you know that in Aliens of London, one of my favorite moments, my third favorite moment of the first season was Christopher Eccleston and, um, and when, the, when the soldier shot the pig and he's, you know, he was scared, he was scared. That was my third, emotionally, my third favorite part of the season. My second favorite part, of course, is the end of, Doctor dances with you know the everyone lives bit and all that stuff. I mean that's just it, it. It's not my first favorite. It's damn close, but um, I think there is, and this is what I was alluding to with when we get really towards the end of the of the season. There is a moment of moments, um, but this one comes real close with the 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 wrap up, the conclusion, the this this crescendo that we reach at the mm -hmm. end of Doctor dances. Uh, emotionally and story-wise and everything, it, it works for me. It works perfectly for me. And I mentioned this last week. These two episodes are two of my favorite of all time in Doctor Who, and that's saying a lot because yes, there are is, some yeah. great, great, you know, I, I, there are some great stories that these, <clears throat> excuse me, that these two lock horns with. Yeah, I mean, it had all the elements. It had every the mystery, the, the science fiction. It had the humor, um, and that was great. Even in the most intense, you know, 
scenes, you know, and that, that interplay with Jack and um, and the Doctor with the sonic screwdriver, what kind of sonic, what kind of sonic device yeah, you have. Was, and, that was what know. I was talking about, again, in terms of the, the funny elements that they, they got into. Yeah. The, the episodes I that was just fantastic loved loved it great humor mm-hmm. Stephen Moffat who writes the that those two episodes is predominantly a comedy writer and has written things like coupling and all sorts and is a very very funny astute chap so um, you know kudos to him and I'm again he also not going to go too far into um, future but uh, he also wrote uh, the girl in the fireplace which is another great episode which we're going to be previewing later in this episode that's so. right yeah that's... Uh, it's almost a Stephen moffat special <laughs> this <with Pie> shot. <laughs> and why not why not <laughs> <laughs> so he's vanished into thin air why is it always the great looking ones who do that i'm making an effort not to be insulted i mean men okay thanks that really helped rose doctor can you hear me Use the emergency teleport. Sorry I couldn't take you. It's security key to my molecular structure. I'm working on it. Hang in there. How are you speaking? To us. Omcom. I can call anything with a speaker grill. Now there's a coincidence. What is? The child can Omcom too. He can? Anything with a speaker grill. Even the TARDIS phone. What? You mean the child can phone us? Doctor, can you hear that? Loud and clear. I'll try to block out the signal. The least I can do. Remember this one, Rose? Awesome. What are you doing? Trying to set up a resonation pattern in the concrete. Loosen the bars. You don't think he's coming back, do you? Wouldn't bet my life. Why don't you trust him? Why do you? Save my life. Bloatwise, I sat there with flossing. I trust him because he's like you. Except with dating and dancing. What? You just assume I'm... What? You just assume I don't dance. What, are you telling me you do dance? 900 years old, me. I've been around a bit. I think you can assume at some point I've danced. You? Problem? Doesn't the universe implode or something if you dance? Well, I've got the moves, but I wouldn't want to boast. You got the moves? Show me your moves. Rose, I'm, I'm trying to resonate concrete. Jack will be back. He'll get us out. So come on. The world doesn't end because the doctor dances. Barrage balloon. What? You were hanging from a barrage balloon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. About two minutes after you left me. Thousands of feet above London, middle of a German air raid, Union Jack all over my chest. I've travelled with a lot of people, but you're setting new records for Jeopardy Friendly. Is this you dancing? Because I've got notes. Hanging from a rope, thousands of feet above London. Not a cut, not a bruise. 
Yeah, I know. Captain Jack fixed me up. Oh, we're calling him Captain Jack now, are we? Well, his name's Jack, and he's a captain. He's not really a captain, Rose. Do you know what I think? I think you're experiencing Captain MB. You'll find your feet at the end of your legs. You may care to move them. Feathery was a captain. He's been defrocked. Yeah? Shame I missed that. Actually, I quit. Nobody takes my frock. Most people notice when they've been teleported. You guys are so sweet. Sorry about the delay. Had to take the Navcom offline to override the teleport security. You can spend ten minutes overriding your own protocols. Maybe you should remember whose ship it is. Oh, I do. She was gorgeous. Like I told her, be back in five minutes. So yeah, I I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, as Ken said, it's really they're two bookends. You know, obviously it's a two-parter, and but they really two go together hand in hand, and um, the flow is very much you know apparent through it all. And um, again, the introduction of Doc, of of Captain Jack, uh, you know, we got to know a lot more of him, and the more, the, the really the truer sense of him, because when you first see him, he was still, you were still getting to know him, and and it seemed like he was more settled into his character in this story, in this part. But right, um, right, it, it, I think it it went very well. It and, did. Uh, um, there are some really wonderful little touches through the episode that are that are top notch. Uh, you know, the, um, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. This would be a great episode for us to sit and watch and do a commentary on, because moment after moment after moment, I could point out something that I really loved about this the, the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it 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 is great. It's really really cool. But anyway, are we going to... Do you think it's an appropriate time to move on to our review of School Reunion Chaps? Or do you want to wrap this up a little bit more? Um, no, that's pretty sure. much it, I think. For, yeah, for I the, think yeah. we come so, to uh, a conclusion. You know, uh, I think, like I said, I think down the road, I think this is one of those ones that we're going to wind up doing a uh, like a commentary track as we did with Christmas Invasion because there's just so much to talk about. I couldn't narrow it down just in a, in a single review. Absolutely. It's uh, too, as you say, it's far too difficult to to just give it 10 minutes. You need to really pick it apart, I think, because uh, especially as your bold claim that it's one of your most favorite episodes of all time, and it's not hard to see why. But uh, I think it would be nice to kind of justify it a bit more and uh, go into it further. So, yeah, we should do well, that. We should do that. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of wrap it up again, um, the the acting in it is all top-notch. Um, there, there's, um, again, um, and, and I'm ill-prepared because I can't remember the actress's name, but uh, who plays Nancy, excellent part in it. There's a big reve- revelation at the end and um, an emotional, touching part there. And... Um, and again, the, the comic elements in it were not overwhelming, didn't distract from the story. Um, the, the, um, and again, well, I can say it because it's not a spoiler free. If you, we're assuming you've seen this. So um, I'm mean, even to the point where when everyone does live at the end and, um, and, and, the, and the, the, the people with the masks are now healed and, and all their previous injuries are healed. And there's this one lady that comes, you know, I, I don't understand. I, I, got, I, I, I have two legs. My leg grew back. And, and the doc, and there the is doctor goes, you know, <laughs> maybe you perhaps you miscounted, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was is just a it's great, great, great stuff, and um, the whole reference to dancing, the use of Glenn Miller, mm-hmm. yeah, genius. Great, great, great I mean, choice. 
ends with the doctor dancing and, you know, the, the dancing being a metaphor for other things, shall we say, throughout the episode yeah. mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff like that. Just, just well, genius. Yeah, Stephen Moffat comments about that in the commentary on the DVD of this episode where um, it's it, a lot of it has to do with sexual repro- um, repression here. Um, when when Nancy's um, blackmailing the father of the family that she was taking food from, um, you know, where she makes the, you know, she, she comes out and says, you know, well, you know, everyone on the block thinks that your wife is having a go with the butcher, but but I know it's really you. And that's how she got the tools that she needed to break in. Um, uh, and then the, the fact, and again, I'm giving it away, spoiler warning, blah, blah, blah. You know, the fact of the matter that she was pregnant at a very young age at that time period, she couldn't reveal that. She couldn't mm-hmm. talk about that. And, and again, that's, uh, again, sexual repression repre- um, and, and, there. And, and it could only happen, or, or I should say it's more relevant because of the period that the story is set in. I yes. also wanted to make a, a, um, a note of a little tiny, um, uh, homage to homage to um, close encounters in the story with the uh, monkey banging the symbols. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that's true. Because it it clearly is out of place that there were no battery operated monkeys with symbols in in 1941, uh, but thrown in just the same because the the spook factor the 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 scare factor is close encounters all the way and and. What I mean by that is Spielberg created this spooky, creepy atmosphere uh, in Close Encounters without it being a horror film. When you finally see the climax of Close Encounters, it's a warm, positive ending. And we realize that all of our fears were um, misdirected. Yeah. Yes, and mm-hmm. that's what this story does as well. So that little touch was, was a nice thing. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. The special effects were once again spot on. Um, I mean, not that this was an, an, an effects laden episode, but I mean, sometimes the best effects are the ones that go unnoticed. And it was just, um, I, you know, I just thought everything kind of fell in place nicely. And um, there were there were a, a, a few turns and twists uh, with editing, which I kind of liked. Um, when um, the the doctor and Rose are dancing, and then all of a sudden they appear on on the Tulula warship that Captain Jack is commanding, <laughs> yeah. that was you know that was a nice bit of editing. And then it's it's reflected again um, in reverse. with the doctor, yeah. yeah, appearing on the the TARDIS appearing on the um, the the Tula warship with Captain Jack there. All of a sudden he turns around and there's the TARDIS, you know, and 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 when you're seeing it through the doors of the TARDIS again, and, um, um, the the character of Captain Jack, uh, and like you said, the the um, the humor being, how can I put it, not over the top, I mean, being yeah. very mellow, where he says, he realizes that he's heading towards his death at the end of the episode and says, okay, initiate, you know, protocol, whatever, and out comes a drink, you know? It's just, just like, <laughs> you know, that's just great stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just great, great stuff. And it's, yeah. it's everything... This ep- these two episodes back to back to me are everything that we hoped for in a, in a return to Doctor Who. This is twenty uh, first century Doctor Who, and and it's great. It's great stuff. And and it sets up the whole backstory of Captain Jack because now we're gonna with Torchwood. Obviously, we're gonna see and and learn a lot more about him. But uh, he reveals that was a couple years of his life that he can't recall. 
and um you know that the, the the doctor you know despises him and maybe he has good reason to because he doesn't know who and what he did in that you know he has a blackout you know and um so we're learning a bit more about him more in this episode than any other you know that 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 comes after that there it is hey they've got algae on duty must be important we've got to get past it the words distract the guard heading in my general direction I don't think that'd be such a good idea. Don't worry, I can handle it. Yeah, I've gotten to know algae quite well since I've been in town. Trust me, you're not his type. I'll distract him. Don't wait up. Relax, he's a 51st century guy. He's just a bit more flexible when it comes to dancing. How flexible? Well, by his time, you lot spread out across half the galaxy. Meaning? So many species, so little time. What? That's what we do when we get out there. That's our mission. We seek new life and... and... Dance. So, um, yeah, once again, uh, uh, kudos and um, overall five TARDIS grinds, groans <laughs> out of five. Indeed, that's from all of us, I think. Uh, I don't, is any any qualms about that? Any qualms? So, moving on so, then. I hear the school bell ringing. We do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, now, now here's in. where I get to be. Uh, where I get to be the bad guy. <laughs> well, oh, really? don't spoil it now. <laughs> you want people to be surprised by your badness, right? Oh no, no, they're not surprised by my badness <laughs> or madness. <laughs> okay, so it's time to review so- School Reunion, which is the third episode of Series Two. Technically, it could be the fourth. It's the fourth David Tennant story, third episode of series two, and it is a, a, a story that takes place in contemporary times. We we'll always we always like to say it like that because we're never really sure exactly what date they land. But we know it comes after Christmas Invasion because yes. Sarah Jane clearly reference. says that. Oh, I was thinking of you when the aliens came at Christmas this, time. And she says this past Christmas. This past so we Christmas, know yeah. it's it wasn't like a couple of years. It was this past Christmas. So you know it's relatively, you know, a few months since Christmas, you know, we, we can assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, – this is, for me, so far has been the, the real highlight of the series. And I mm-hmm. say highlight because – I don't want to say, obviously, oh, it's been the best episode of the entire series. Yeah, because we series. haven't seen the whole series, so quite. we can't say that. Exactly. But, um, but, I mean... I mean, up to this point, it's the, been the most eagerly anticipated episode up until this point, you yes, know? Yes, yeah, and certainly in all the previews and things, and uh, it was the the one that most people wanted to see, I think, and the one that they, they, they leaked small little tiny chunks of it out at a time to... Mm-hmm. Kind of well, this was their marketing episode. This this was the, this yes. year's Dalek, where they knew they could bank on the old school fans getting excited about a returning character. True. Yeah, well, I mean, outside of the you know the five doctors and three doctors, you um, two doctors, if you will, the, the, very rarely do we see do we encounter past doctors or companions, and so it was refreshing to see that they they you know, and this episode um, magnificently explores that fact that the companions do have lives out you know after they finish their traveling with the doctor, and here we you bump into a, a, a previous companion, and and, and very. And, um, very um, consistent with Russell T. Davies. Uh, they, 
Sarah Jane, you know, expresses her loneliness. She's like, how can life be the same after leaving you? And that's been a reoccurring theme with, with the Russell T. Davies series. Yeah, well, as he did with Rose, he really fleshed out Rose as a three-dimensional character. Wasn't you know not a two not a two-dimensional you know character that, that sometimes we see with companions. Um, this is Rose is is a real person, and we and we got to know her as such. And now he's he did the same thing. Uh, well, I should preface it that it's uh, he didn't write this episode. It was um, uh, Wit Withouse Toby was it Toby Withouse? I can't remember. Toby, the name. yeah, Toby White. Toby, thing okay. Or something. Something along and those lines. So uh, the, uh, she's so well written as a three-dimensional character uh, with feelings. And um, not to say that Sarah Jane Smith was two-dimensional in the past, but the series didn't really allow that much for character development. You get sn- little snits and crumbs and pieces of it. Um, well, and overall... Yeah, Sa- oh, I- Sarah Jane, through her, to- through her time on Doctor Who, had her ups and downs. She had episodes where she was the screamer, and some episodes mm-hmm. where her character really had a chance to shine. Uh, you know, because you, you see her coming in early on with John Pertwee, and she's mm-hmm. the, you know, the annoying reporter tagging along, and you really just want her gone. But by the time you get to her last season with Tom Baker, you love this girl. I mean, she's... Yes. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. She was yeah. my favorite companion and probably still is uh, when I was growing up as a as a kid. I mean, uh, I mean, the series had already aired and mm-hmm. I was only really watching repeats, but me and all my mates just used to fancy the pants off her. And, <laughs> uh, you know, she was the, the companion that... You know, everybody kind of wished that they could be the doctor to just be with Sarah Jane in a way. Because, uh, well, she's she's she is still a stunner. She's uh, yeah. looking mm-hmm. very very good. And uh, you know, it, it it was there were so many elements of this episode which was great to have a nod to the old series, and it was kind mm-hmm. of nostalgic. And I liked mm-hmm. that. And it was also kind of evaluating. Not only I liked how they evaluated the the Doctor and Rose's relationship, um, and even Mickey's relationship to the Doctor in, in mm-hmm. certain circumstances. Um, so it was a fantastic episode on that level, emotionally speaking. I mean, action-wise, um, the storyline uh, wasn't amazing, uh, just because of the pure fact that um, there was so much other stuff going on, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, or everybody who played a villain, especially Anthony Stewart Head and also um, Mr. Wagner, who was mm-hmm. Eugene Washington, I thought he did a terrific job. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm, I've, I met him, and you'll see later on, or perhaps they've already been released by now. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know, because we're recording this a bit ahead of time. Uh, a video interview that I did with him. He's a he's a marvelous chap. Yeah, um, great work, James. Kudos. Thank you. Uh, but it was it was he was a lovely gentleman as well, and uh, you know it, 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 you can't believe that he would be able to such a nice man would be able to play such a character so sinisterly and <laughs> and so I mean well, he was saying that all he wanted all he was thinking in his mind while he was while they set the camera rolling, that is, I'm going to eat these children. And I think you could really <laughs> see that on in his performance. And um, yeah. 
I think the well, same is true for Anthony Stewart Head as well. Yeah, uh, David Tennant said the same thing about Stuart, Anthony Stewart Head that he's completely opposite off you know camera, but once he gets on camera, he's that um, diabolical um, personality. Evil, yeah. And they used to and, say yeah. that about Roger Delgado. Uh, I was um, just yes, exactly. John Pertwee mm-hmm. used to say he was the most so gentlest the sweetest, man. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he he's, he said he was a self-confessed coward. He hated guns and things like that. But he got on screen, and boy, he scared the crap out of everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, uh, one of the interesting things that there was always a, there was a rumor going around prior to the start of the season that Anthony Stewart had may have been cast as the master, and of course, he yes. played the schoolmaster. I wanted to point out that in the episode, we did not see him turn into one of the monsters, nor did we see him die. We saw him scream. But on the flip side, when he first meets the doctor, he, in, in all past master episodes, the master always knew who the doctor was and just sort of played the, played the ignorant. Here he goes, you know, so who are you? Where are you from? And then when, when the doctor would reveal things, he was genuinely surprised, or at least he acted that way. So, the pros and cons. You, 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 you make the call as to whether you think that this is. I, a... I don't think he is the master, um, but I, yeah. you know, I think it would have been nice to to have that throwback. And I don't think we've seen the last of the master because, you know, really, uh, he is the Doctor's equal. He's so, so to speak the Moriarty. If 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 the Doctor Sherlock, or is it the last we've seen of Anthony Stewart head on well, the show? I hope well, not. It, it, it could be since the Master has taken over other people's bodies in the past that the Master could take over um, this character's, um, you know, Anthony Stewart head's uh, character. True. And true, <laughs> it, wouldn't, <laughs> so, uh, it he... wouldn't be in there. No, it wouldn't be in there. But um, <laughs> no, I, I don't think he's he's the Master. Sadly, but yeah. uh, I mean, there was. I mean, he would have made a great Master. Oh yes, he, yes, yes. Yeah, I agree too. Do try the chips. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. And it's got to be said, the transformation you've brought about, it's amazing. I mean, maybe you're working the children a little bit too hard Mm. now and then. But I think good results, they're more important than anything. Exactly. You're a woman of vision, Miss Smith. Oh, I can see everything, Mr. Finch. Quite clearly. Excuse me, colleagues. A moment of your time. May I introduce... Miss Sarah Jane Smith. Miss Smith is a journalist who's writing a profile about me for the Sunday Times. I thought it might be useful for her to get a view from the trenches, so to speak. Don't spare my blushes. Hello. Oh, I should think so. And you are? Hmm? Uh, Smith. John Smith. John Smith? I used to have a friend who sometimes went by that name. Well, it's a very common name. He was a very uncommon man. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yes, very nice. More than nice. Brilliant. Um, so, um, have you worked here long? No, um, it's only my second day. Oh, you're new then. So, what do you think of the school? I mean, this new curriculum? So many children getting ill. Doesn't that strike you as odd? You don't sound like someone just doing a profile. Well, no harm in a little investigation while I'm here. No, good for you. Good for you. Oh, good for you, Sarah Jane Smith. Well, um, now, this this was my take on it. I know I said I'm going to be looking like the bad guy on this. 
I just think that minus the sentimentality, I think this is an average story. Well, the story itself, um, I mean, I, I, on repeat viewing, it, it may not be, you know, it may lose some of its punch. Um, I admittedly admit that. Um, that's redundant me to say. But, <laughs> but I... Uh, judging from the first time I saw it, I mean, I, as with uh, James, my first companion was Sarah Jane Smith. I, um, I, that's how I got to know Doctor Who. Um, was Sarah Jane Smith was the companion, and I guess every other compa- every companion since is kind of, you know, model that model. Um, you know, um, the, you, there's you, always that right. comparison. You measure, you measure exactly. your standard against her. Yeah. Yes, so basically, um, they're in the shadow. This was. Of Sarah Jane. I mean, I, I've always looked looking for ties to the original series to kind of ground itself with it and tie it together, and and I thought this was needed. So this was so well needed, and um, and it was so successful in that that uh, when I first saw the previews for this episode, and it showed so much of this stuff outside of, and it's not just Sarah Jane. There were actually two companions that return here. It was both K nine <laughs> and and um, Sarah. Yeah. Yes, you've not and, mentioned that, of course. Yeah, and and I do consider K nine a, a companion, and of course. Um, and, and I have to say, I'll, I know um, I'm finally going to do it. I'm coming out, out of the closet, and <laughs> I'm a K-9 fan. Yes, I always enjoyed K-9. It was, I would, I, growing up watching Doctor Who, I always wanted a K-9 of my own. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was great having both of those characters returning. And, um, and, and as Ken said, yes, um, sentimental, um, some, sentimentality does play a big role and, in and, this. And, and, Alluding to what I talked about earlier about Russell's review of Dr. Dances compared to the season, season one finale, um, I don't think that people are s- separating the emotion of what's going on with the critique of the actual story. If you follow my meaning, well, yeah. I'm I follow your meaning, but I was when I was seeing the previews, I was fearful that the because you know they're going to have to have a villain, and you know they're going to have to be fighting something. And I was worried that this was going to take away from Sarah Jane Smith's return, and that they were it was going to be a um, it was going to minimize Sarah Jane Smith's return and Canine's return. And well, I was so pleased that it didn't. That it it did play its part. You had to have something that the Doctor was fighting, and um, and it didn't get in the way. I agree. Where, I agree with that. Yeah. So I I was pleased for that aspect and um and also the the her introduction into the episode does not counteract any of the prior um any of the continuity with the big finish series or canine and company or any of the things that are going on yeah well some could argue that they ignored the five doctors but if if you remember the five doctors he was with she was with john pertwee because he does make a mention of the last time I saw you was six regenerate. You know, there's, I regenerated six times since that, since then. And uh, some viewers may say, "Well, what about the five doctors?" You, you know, and but we don't know if her memory could have been erased when she was brought back in her time. Well, that, that's or... what Rassilon said, wasn't it, at the end of the five doctors? I thought, or I, bl- I, I, I I'm kind of a little rusty right now. With yeah, that. me Possibly. too. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm I, not. I didn't think about that. Go ahead, Ken. <laughs> Um, Rassilon says something along the lines of um, when they when they get into the tar- into the TARDIS about the time streams and, and you know everything returning to the way it was and so yeah but no I, I, I admittedly I'm a little rusty on it too but. oh okay 
<laughs> I just wanted to bust your chops. That's all. <laughs> you know what's so funny too is I, I if if I've watched the Five Doctors two hundred times in the last year, I'm not. I wouldn't be lying to you. I, that's how. Yeah, so I used to have it in the store that I worked in, and I used to just watch it all. Actually, I listened to it more often than I watched it. So I really should have had it pretty much said ingrained. But as all, easy as all, pie, uh, Alzheimer's is kicking in. <laughs> Uh, another thing I really enjoyed about this episode was the return of sort of the the song for ten. Uh, yes, theme. at the end, yeah. Murray Gold did an and once again, not only that, but Murray Gold also did an excellent job with um, the headmaster's theme, if you will. That ominous music was really nice, like that that pool scene and um, the music. Yeah, that was, that was there great. And, that was really, um, really good. But the, the, it was nice hearing the song. The, the, you hear the song for 10 actually throughout, uh, if I'm not mistaken, throughout the whole episode, but it's played slowly. It's slower. Right. And then at the end, it's more back to its like original pacing mm. and more recognizable. Yeah, and, that's uh, the only I, time I, that I recognized it was at the end. Um, I, I, I didn't hear it the first time around. The second time I watched the episode, I said, I think this is still the song for 10, but just at a slower pace. You know, um, right, I see. A, a, different, a different tempo, perhaps. I'm a musician, so forgive my... <laughs> well. Ignorance. <laughs> one, of the, one of the reasons why I'm, I, I'm really so psyched about Murray Gold in general, working on the show, and, and how only in, in in only a year and a half I've come to really respect them a lot. Uh, I I'm a, a soundtrack aficionado, and I I enjoy movie music a lot, and I and I analyze it and listen to it, and Murray Gold just on top of it, and the same same. What what you guys are saying with the song with ten, it's a it's a theme written for David mm-hmm. Tennant's Doctor, so that there's something musically that subconsciously ties things together. Um, and John Williams being one of my favorites, I know with Lewis a, as well. Um, John Williams in Episode One, uh, Phantom Menace, Star Wars Phantom Menace. There's this happy-go-lucky parade scene at the end of the Phantom Menace, and many yeah. of you recall. Mm-hmm. Sure. The notes are the emperor's music just sped up into this happy theme. Yeah. And it's just John Williams to a T to say, yeah, to have these undercurrents going on. Like, yeah. he, he tricks did the same thing you. with Anakin's theme. Yeah. Anakin's theme is Darth the, Vader's theme at a different pace. He, he's tricking you. And that's the same thing that Murray Gold is doing here. He's giving you this fam- familiarity of the theme of being David Tennant. But, but, there are times when it needs to be slow and moody. There's times where it needs to be fast and upbeat. But the but the actual composition, the actual notes, the order of the notes and everything, those are always the same. And it's just, it's just, I'm coming to respect and love Murray Gold more and more by yeah. watching him as the series Agreed. goes on. Yeah. Um, this is also interesting the way this story opens because you don't see the TARDIS land and then, you know, it's all of a sudden it's a nice little twist there because the teacher walks into the class and yep. it's the doctor. <laughs> just how cool is that? And, and, and especially yeah. with what he's wearing. You know, had Colin Baker walked in with the, with the outfit he had on, <laughs> this scene wouldn't have worked that way. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? It worked perfect with David Tennant with the pinstripe suit and all that. He looked very contemporary. Um, mm. and one of the things I wanted to point out in my, uh, I, I gotta stay away from saying dislike the episode, but the thing that I don't think made the episode um, as as strong as many of you seem to feel, I think that the loneliness aspect would have been better represented 
with Chris Eccleston's doctor. And I'm not yes. putting I'm not yeah. putting down David Tennant because I think he did a great job. I'm just thinking that Eccleston's doctor was all about that singularity, about that loneliness, about that I'm the last one left. Well, David Tennant's doctor is more upbeat about that. Well, loneliness. and again, it, it it's a nice tie into the ninth doctor, though. Yes, it, it, it kind yeah. Of, brings that continuity back in there that that it is the same person and he's still feeling that though even though his persona is a little bit different but i i know what you're saying ken i i i I know what you're saying too ken but i i mean i don't want to give any spoilers away and i know you've not seen the girl in the fireplace yet but just watch the girl in the fireplace okay then and and when you watch it just be aware of what you've just said now about the loneliness element and and okay see what i mean I, well, twenty four hours from now, hopefully, I'll have seen it. <laughs> yeah, and and you you I think you'll you might as a result of that you might get um, school reunion a bit better after seeing. Okay, the girl in no, the fair enough. You know, and again, that's why we have to be very careful when we're reviewing these episodes as we're seeing them because un, un, until you've seen the the entire season and see the arc, and and that's Russell T Davies. Part of his brilliance and what he's done with Doctor Who is that he's not thinking episode per episode. He's thinking the entire season. He's yes. thinking individual episodes, seasons, and then beyond seasons, he's thinking series. Because if you look at some of the elements of this season compared to last season and where it's going in the directions, if you just started with New Earth, you are lacking a little. You are you are missing. Yeah, some it'd be pieces. interesting seeing how our feelings may change at the conclusion of the series on certain episodes. I I, I know going to the two thousand and five series, I enjoy Father's Day, or I feel a lot more with Father's Day today than I did when I originally saw it because I got to know Rose more and I feel more for her and 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 also even like the long game I appreciated more a year later because I I know how it ties in later on and right. I don't want to give anything away. So. Um, there's just certain elements that after you see the whole series that going back and rewatching things, you may have a different take on them. Again. Well, and, and, and you know, the, the series one, um, there was, there was a, a character. I'm going to try not to spoil this for anybody who hasn't seen it on sci-fi, but there's, there's someone or something that is in early in series one that comes back at the end of mm-hmm. series one, uh, and that kind of catches you off guard. Well, the same thing. How do we know Sarah Jane isn't just just this giant secret that she's in this season finale or something? I'm not saying that's the case. I don't, you know, all I'm saying to you <laughs> You're starting is, rumors now. I'm starting rumors, <laughs> I know. Um, but we don't know until we've seen the full season unfold. We don't... And, we, if, she, and if she is, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I've been doing a lot of that lately, haven't I? (laughs) (laughs) But there are these possibilities that, like you said, until you've seen the full season, it's tough to say. Or, or for that matter, canine, you know? Another disappointment of mine with this episode and why, I, again, I'm giving it a a very middle-of-the-road review, um, we get to see canine Mark IV, at the end of the story, we know they're doing a spin-off, an animated spin-off, where he has a more modern uh, Yeah, it's a version. different canine altogether. Well, I mean, the canine, from the, that looks. Sh- the canine that shows up at the end of this is the same old canine we've always seen. And I think yeah, there was a golden opportunity mm-hmm. to show the Doctor giving us this 21st century canine. 
well, le- leading into the new show. Yeah. But I, actually, I'm kind of glad he didn't because I'm not a big fan of the new canine look. No, I'm not as either. <laughs> I hate. But, but my question is going to be how they're going to explain it away come animated time. Yeah, well, this is going to be. A, a, I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But it's it's. I think it's going to be outside of the storyline. It's not going to be. It's going to be. A, can I mock? I don't. Who knows how they're going to explain it? And by it. the way, guys, I was thinking about maybe like few hours before this podcast, I was sitting down and I was perusing some Doctor Who material, as I always do before Podshock, and I, something struck me, and I wanted to bring this up to you guys. We were talking about Sarah Jane returning for this story uh, and some of the, the issues that were dealt with with Sarah Jane, um, you know, the loneliness and stuff. But as you know, we've come to know that the Time Lords have been destroyed, which puts Leela and K-9 Mark... One, as being destroyed. Quite possibly, yeah. Quite possibly. And perhaps, according to the Big Finish storyline, perhaps um, uh, Lala Ward's Romana too, who apparently becomes president of Gallifrey in that storyline. So there are some issues here in the loss of Gallifrey that I, I'm just bringing forward to you that, May or may not be addressed at some point. I don't that know. it's not just the loss yeah. of his people, and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. there's another canine out there that was on well, Gallifrey. You know, well, as expressed in this episode, the Doctor's constantly dealing with his companions growing old and dying. That they, they, they that they can live their lifetime with him, but he can't live their his lifetime with them. And you know, so he has to accept this loss of constantly losing people that he loves and who cares for. Well, that and, that Leela is one of the things that the show will never be the same again. In other words, after 40-something years, for him to say that on television in one of the episodes is a character revelation as significant as the first regeneration. Yeah. Well, and it explains why he doesn't go back and fetch up old companions and look for Tegan, Javanker, and so forth, you know, deliberately, you know. Yeah, because there's an emotional impact and... and, and and the, like I said, like you just said, Lewis, he, uh, you know, David Tennant says in the story, uh, a companion can live their entire life with me, but I can never live my entire life with a companion. And, and that's, that's enormous in, yeah. Yeah. in Doctor I mean, he's, he, And the first time he sees Sarah Jane, he, he goes, you know, everyone dies, I, I, I continue and, and, you know... Sarah Jane. It's you. Oh, Doctor. Oh my God, it's you, isn't it? You've regenerated. Yeah, half a dozen times since we last met. You look incredible. So do you. <laughs> like I told. What are you doing here? UFO sighting, school gets record results, I couldn't resist. What about you? Same. <laughs> I thought 
you died. I waited for you. You didn't come back, and I thought you must have died. I lived. Everyone else died. What do you mean? Everyone died, sir. Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane Rose. Hi. Nice to meet you. You can tell you're getting older. Your assistants are getting younger. I'm not his assistant. No. I get you, Tiger. Sorry. Sorry, it was only me. You told me to investigate, so I, I started looking for somebody's cupboards and all these fell out on me. Oh, my God. I don't mean to be rude or anything, but who exactly are you? Sarah Jane Smith. I used to travel with the doctor. Oh. He's never mentioned you. Oh, what's it done? Sarah Jane, mention her all the time. Hold on. Sorry. Never. What? Not even once. He didn't mention me once. Oh, mate. The missus and the ex. Welcome to every man's worst nightmare. Great you know, entrance, lot, by the way. Yeah. Great entrance when she turns oh, yeah. around and sees the oh, yeah, doctor and, sees and the, the TARDIS. TARDIS. Great. Yeah. Yes. Just great, great stuff. And she realizes who he is and... Uh, you know, because obviously she doesn't realize who he is, but the, but he recognizes her in that in that first introduction. Uh, but there again, again, a, a, a small plot point, not a major one, but here's this alien who's taking over the school to do his deed, and he's more than happy to have an investigative reporter come down and write a story about it. Doesn't make sense if you were covertly invading Earth or doing something. Would you invite a reporter? Or allow a reporter. I to don't know. I I I got the impression that that was um, more for his Ego. own vanity. Yeah, I I agree. I'm just it, was, it wasn't. I don't think he because the doctor asked. You know, um, Sarah Jane, why are you asking these questions? Isn't this supposed to be about the headmaster? And she's like, well. There's, you know, I'm I'm an investigative reporter. It's what I do. I just poke my nose in where it doesn't belong. So I think that was more to do with which Sarah Jane, which is really a throwback to Time Warrior, if you think about it, about poking yes. her nose where it doesn't belong and and going way way back. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, or, or maybe the headmaster felt that by denying her, it may cause it may create more attention. You know, it's sort of like let's get her in and out really quickly and great moment with David Tennant. Uh, explaining how he got the job at the school, by the way. Oh, yeah, like, nice little backstory. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's so weird. She never played the lottery. You know, like this kind <laughs> of just great, subtle humor yeah. that goes on and on, like eat more fries posters and stuff. I mean, eat, mm-hmm. eat more chips, I should say. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, this story, for me, the, on the positive tip, uh, we're dealing with a family show and there's nothing more fun for for kids than when you get to see your school blown up. You know, that's something that, <laughs> you, you know, well, for the family audience. How did, now, maybe I missed something, or maybe I just have to watch it again. I, I know K-9 shoots, uh, and spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Uh, I know K-9 shoots the, the vat of oil, and that and, and oil now is, like, will will disintegrate these aliens. They, 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 um but how does it actually explode? Well, maybe, the, maybe, it's com- maybe it's combustible. We don't know. You know, we don't know what the oil is made out of. I, I guess. I don't uh, know. It's but just... I will say that I'm very disappointed after this episode being out now for over a week that I have not heard any samples, even on the official site, of the Kenny chanting. 
that we hear at the end of the yeah, thing. But we all know why you want that, though, <laughs> oh, Well, mate, I'm a little bit biased about that. I'm <laughs> well, hoping that when Lewis edits this listen episode... Listen to the end of this episode. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I really I want to make that my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't know here in America how often I hear the South Park, you know, oh my God, they killed Kenny. Uh, you know, um, oh, you, you probably got enough of it with the Fishbowl Wanderer as well. But now to have a positive cheering, uh, and I, I would very much like to also stick that in the hair hut at some point. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I need I need a nice MP3 of that. Uh, and, you know, by the way, this week's concert calendar on the Hair Hut has the Doctor Who music as the bed music for for those of you uh, keeping keeping tabs on such things. Plug, All right. shameless plug. <laughs> and James, by the way, you made an appearance with your British Steel thing. The British Steel? Oh British, yes, on the uh, Hair Hut. Yes. J- yeah. James introduces judas priest you know let's hear some british steel in his wonderful leeds accent on uh, <laughs> on this uh this week's show so well gentlemen let's let's wrap up school reunion and uh, um i'm gonna i'm because of the sentimental value and the emotional value and and i'm judging this on my first impression when i first watched the episode i'm i'm giving it five out of five because i i felt it was so nice to get sarah jane smith back in the story it really it, it 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 was the it 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 hit the spot that I would you know that I needed to be hit and um, I just thought it was um, it was a nice three dimensional character that was created for Sarah Jane Smith and 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 that she did have a, a she did play a nice part in this and, story and wonderful of Billy Piper to step aside a bit yes yeah yeah very and true. The, the the interplay between those two were were great and um, getting some relevations from the doctor about him and his companions and all that um i I do agree yes the other story that that's going on is not strong but it didn't need to be i didn't want it to get it in the way and and for a new person that's not familiar with sarah jane smith it it probably doesn't deserve the five out of five It, it as ken said maybe it's less but being a longtime fan this was what I was looking for. This was what I was hoping for. And to me, it delivered on those points. And um, and I have to give it five out of five because I really did enjoy it the first time I saw it. I agree entirely. And I think that the, the I'm giving it five out of five as well. And that is, again, purely on my, my first impressions of the story and everything. I'm... I don't... I've only seen it once all the, uh, all the way through. I've seen snippets going back to it again, but I don't want to t- kind of tarnish my view on the story by, by making repeat viewings of it, sadly, because I, I don't think that's, um, that's fair of me to do so. Um, I, I, my honest reaction to it initially was that it was a fantastic, well-scripted, brilliant episode of Sarah Jane, and I don't think I'd have things any other way, to be honest. Yeah, and I I also enjoyed having K nine back for of course, story yeah, as well. and the laser, you know, his laser, and every, everything about K nine was just brilliant. <laughs> well, what the was nice with the, in a car thing. What classic. was nice with the laser was that it was updated, but not so much to take it out, oh, take away from it, its original yeah. element. It had the same similar sound effect, right? And, it was, and they got John Leeson back doing the voice, which was great. Uh, and and the bit with Mickey just pressing his buttons, trying to start him and stuff, it's just great, <laughs> great fun. Um, We're in a car. <laughs> I, on purely on story, on if you were not a Doctor Who fan, I would say 
you probably would rate this at about three and a half. But surely, surely on two things, on emotional impact for old, fan, old school fans and two for performances and Elizabeth Sladen and, and just as much Noel Clark. Yes, um, very two, funny. And, 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 and Anthony Stewart had great performances. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, f- for that, I, will, you know, I, I would say based performances alone, I'll add the half a star. But I, I'm, I can only give it four. My initial impression was about three and a half. I agree with the sentimentality, but I think that overall you can't just bank on the sentimentality. And, and that's why I, you know, I, I'm just the same thing with Dalek. I think Dalek was, was banking on. Right. You know, on sentimentality. Okay, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I'm sure there are many people who disagree with you, and maybe even with my comments and and, and Lucy's comments, and back you up, Ken. So, but I'd I'd like to put it out there that anybody who does disagree or, or wants to challenge our reviews, do drop us an email. I think uh, and, it's all worthwhile. Yeah, we do have. Um, just so everyone knows, on our website, gallifreyandembassy.org or podshock.net, we'll both bring you to the same place. We d- we are running polls on each new episode of on uh, the 2006 series, and um, for school reunion right now, with 68 votes, um, most people have given 55 percent of those that voted rated it five Tardis drones. Uh, the second place would be at 39 percent is um, four Tardis drones. So either uh, people are really loving this episode either four or five um only two percent gave it three um you know there was one 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 percent gave it zero but uh, <laughs> there's always going to be that one <laughs> yeah for all we know it's someone who accidentally hit the site and just decided to yeah. be a creep uh, so, who knows? Uh, uh, yeah so uh, no, if you want to vote go ahead and there's really you know you, i don't think you're going to find too many people that are going to that are going to straight up dislike the story it's it's there's there's nothing controversial going on it's just whether you feel that it's a good story or a great story depending on how emotionally attached you are see sarah jane wasn't my first companion so for me it's it's uh you know like like tegan was the first tegan adrick uh i came in last season of tom baker early peter davison was for me the start of of my Doctor Who experience, and they were like fresh off the air Doctor Whos, uh, to give you an idea of when I started, which was about eighty three, eighty four, uh, joining the show. So, um, so to me, Tegan's return, maybe I would get this kind of, you know, fair um, enough, fair enough. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate her character, and I think that it was great to see her come back. And and uh, anyway, that's that. Yeah. Well, so then, so that wraps up our review for Skilled Reunion. So we're going to go from um, from Sarah Jane Smith to A Girl in a Fireplace, mm. or The Girl in the Fireplace. Yes. And this is a, a preview, so we're not going to give any spoilers, so um, we're just going to be very general and in, in a quick kind of preview of yes. what um, James and I thought of it. And Ken hasn't seen it, so Ken's going to just be quiet throughout this segment. Yeah, he, he doesn't and want to. We, we, he just taped his mouth shut. So. Yeah, he's, no. he's, also, he's also closing his ears, I think, because he's not seen it and he doesn't want us to, to spoil it. But we do promise this will be uh, non-spoiler. It'll be a non-spoiler review, very much like we did last time with... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, tooth and claw and, and all those sorts of things. Yeah, so what, the pattern that we've been doing. That's right, and we'll review so. it hopefully next week if if we yeah. have the time. I'm sure we mm-hmm. will. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I 
I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Um, very cleverly done, I thought. Um, there were a few holes in it. Uh, I've already mm-hmm. recorded something with Russell about it that we'll play next week. Um, but uh, I there were a few holes in it that I didn't quite understand. Um, yeah. I don't know if Same that's here. just my ignorance. I- no, I don't think so, because I, I, I mean, obviously, I, I haven't heard your review at Russell yet, but um, I, I felt the same way. There was, um, there were certain things um, that didn't. Uh, well, there were a lot of things watching this initially that weren't explained, and um, which yes, was part that's of the it. episode. That's and it. then, um, and then the payoff doesn't come until the end, and we're not going to give anything away. But um, luckily, there is because then I, I probably wouldn't like this at all, you know. Um, but there was still some more holes that were not filled in even at the end and um and questionable things like well why and it's just hopefully i don't know it, i mean it's it starts off a little goofy if i will if yes you will. yeah I, yeah and um it's because <laughs> you don't know what's going on and they're just like a mishmash of different things being put together that um, didn't make any sense. Yes, and, to uh, begin with. It, it's quite a cerebral story, I suppose you could say. But I, I did... Uh, I liked it because it, it, it unfolded nicely um, as time went on. And uh, But the, the bits that I didn't like about it were the, just the extra things that you wondered, well, why was that the case? And yes. what I'm hoping is I'm hoping this will somehow be connected to the rest of the series and perhaps will see or maybe understand after, well, we've talked about it earlier, seeing the big picture, it will all become mm-hmm. clear. Um, it's Possibly, yeah. Because mm-hmm. there are just certain things that you think, well, why is that the case? But I have to say, I loved the transitions when they're traveling backwards and forwards between time. I thought that was really, really rather yeah. clever. Yeah, I think that was the the, the high the, the, one of the high points of of the story was that aspect, you know, and that that time passes differently in one than the other. Mm. And I, I also like the fact that it's going back to kind of Doctor Who's original roots in that it's meant to be kind of educational and um, all, mm-hmm. it, I yeah. think although it's not really revealing too much about the era itself in a great deal, it's perhaps I mean perhaps revealing a lot about a particular historical figure that perhaps people wouldn't know about ordinarily and mm-hmm. they'll go away after seeing Doctor Who and, and do some research exactly. into that person or the, mm-hmm. the era, um, mm-hmm. sort of 18th century of France, which I've always found fascinating, but uh, yeah. my history is rather lacking on it, I, I must say. Um, but those were the the key parts of the story and the villains, I thought, were, what, what did you think of the villains, Lewis? in themselves i mean that that's one of the things that i had um a little problem with that like well why are they this way and uh, you know i with i don't want to give anything away but well i guess i i don't know if it's giving anything away i mean the 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 clockwork villains you're talking about right yes of course of course and they're and again i'm just I'm just, I'm, I'm hesitating because I just don't want to give anything ourselves. away. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just not a really to me wasn't really a thoroughly explained, and and I've only seen it once, so I it, I do have to see it again. Maybe I missed something the first time around. I, I'm still not sure why they're actually clockwork and not like regular robots, and that that's one of the holes for me, um, which kind of like troubled me. Like, well, well, why are they clockwork? And, you know, as, as, magnific- as magnificently as they are done, and, and um, it just didn't make any sense. 
I know. I mean, oh, it would have been something really easy to explain in a way that, like, the Doctor could have said, well, they're not machines because machines can't stand the test of time, only clockwork things can, or mm -hmm. something like that. Some reason why they have to be clockwork. But, you do, again, these villains, you don't understand why they're there. There's no... It's never explained... I mean, okay, they have an aim, but even the aim isn't fully alluded to. Like, what yeah. do they do after after they've done their aim? You know, why are the, why are they even there in the first place? Who's created them? You know, that sort of thing. It, it some things just don't make sense, and mm -hmm. for that reason, that was the only the only poor element of of the story. I loved David Tennant's goofiness in this. Again, we were talking about it in. The Empty Child and the Doctor Dances, his kind of, um, oh, excuse me, his humour mm -hmm. that was really, really rather funny. There's one scene in particular that I know Lewis will immediately know what I'm talking about, um, which is just fantastic and really, really, really funny. And, he, he, you know, it, it adds a lighter humour to the thing and takes, mm -hmm. takes something away from the scarier side just for a moment. I mean, I, I personally didn't find these villains to be particularly scary. Scary, yeah. Yeah, no, nor did I. Um, I don't know. Um, and again, I do. This is one of those stories that like, I feel like, oh, well, I want to see it again just to see if I had the same feeling the second time around because I, I felt like I was missing something. And, and maybe it was because of the confusion and not knowing why and all that. And, and, it, and it, I just want to see it again just to see how I feel. Because I. I Right now, initially, I'm going to say out of out of all David Tennant stories, this is the weakest one in my personal feeling right now, and maybe that might change after I see it again. I, I just it didn't have that much of an impact on on me personally when I first saw it, and but that may change next week when I give my real review. For for me, I really enjoyed this episode, and I think that this conversely, I'm taking the opposite opinion. I don't think this is as good a school reunion. Well, I think it's nearly as good as School Reunion. I just think mm -hmm. there were certain holes for me that I didn't like, but I loved the interaction between the Doctor and Madame de Pompadour, and again, Billy Piper and indeed Mickey Smith taking kind of a sideline, always being there and, you know, always having mm -hmm. a, an integral part of the story. But again, they're, you know, they're off to the side, so to speak, and this is really an episode about the Doctor and... Again, it's it, the emotional side to this is is just fantastically well written, I think. But um, may, I don't know. I'm just hoping that it will all pan out in in the the the, the series as a whole, and it will become it will be understandable as to why these holes weren't explained in that episode and they'll be explained away later or something. I mean, I, mm -hmm. part of me says that's unlikely. Um, but I hope it isn't. I hope at least if that's if we don't get to see them across the series, perhaps we'll see them later on. Yeah. Uh, in, in in series three or series four, or say or something. Um, but who knows? Who can say? I mean, uh, I I really like this episode. I, I just mm -hmm. for the whole vibe okay. of it and stuff. But that's well, we're we're gonna get more in detail about it next week when we do a more full on review. Yes. And, um, and and maybe my, I'll have a different take on it as well. So I'm looking forward to then. Okay. Um, so we're going to come right back and we're going to have a couple pieces of feedback to do. And um, and so come right back with Doctor Who Podshock. 
The following is a promo for the new Doctor Who podcast, The WhoCast. Hi, I'm Paul Wilson and welcome to The WhoCast. If you're interested in Doctor Who or in Torchwood, then this is the podcast for you. This podcast is produced in conjunction with the London Doctor Who Meetup Group. And not only do we discuss all things Who, but we meet on a regular basis. And you can be sure of many interesting and different discussions when we all get together. If you want to know more, subscribe to the podcast or join our meeting group, then please have a look at our website at www.thewhocast.com. Get ready for the adventure of a lifetime. And we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. Wow. Who, who did you expect it, it to be? <laughs> Welcome back, Ken. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so uh, we have, um, and I thought I had it queued up. Bad me. Bad Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, this is our feedback section of Doctor Who Podshock, and uh, we ha- had gotten a... a piece of audio uh, feedback on the Podshock public call box. And mm. um, for those that are guessing or may not know, like what the heck is a Doctor Who public, or what is the Doctor Who Podshock public call box? Um, it's our uh, phone number. You can call and leave a voicemail message and uh, for possible inclusion in Doctor Who Podshock. And the number is 206-888-4WHO. And that translates to 206 888 Four nine four six. It's a U.S. phone number, uh, two hundred six area code. Um, as we always say, you know, if you have extra minutes on your mobile phone, why not use it to give us a call and let us know what you think. One of many ways to get in contact with us. Carrier yes. pigeons, all sorts of different wonderful ways. So there's you no excuse also, for not getting in touch. Yeah, exactly. You can also use uh, the Gizmo Project or Skype and our, and send it to Podshock and it will get to us. So um, this is uh, Andy from St. Louis, and uh, this is what Andy had to say. Hello, fellow Pridonians. My name is Andy, and I live in the St. Louis, Missouri area, and I bought a brand-new black uh, Apple iPod 30 gig back in December and uh, immediately came across Podshock in December and have been uh, an avid fan ever since and really do appreciate uh, your weekly broadcast to keep us up to date on all the happenings. I've been a Doctor Who fan for quite some time. I'm about, um, I'm 31 now, and I've been a Doctor Who fan since about uh, age five. And, of course, my first Doctor was the fourth Doctor, and he's uh, the standard that I judge all other Doctors by. But uh, I've really been enjoying the new series, and um, the one thing that I guess has kind of uh, given me some... Uh, food for thought, I guess, is the subject of the doctor's age. Uh, the ninth doctor has mentioned several times that he was in his 900s, and I just thought for continuity reasons uh, he should be significantly older. Uh, I think if I remember my Who history, the second doctor mentioned that he was uh, in his 200s, and then uh, the fourth doctor said he was 749 in one episode, and then it was uh, with the sixth doctor he started mentioning that he was 
in his 900s, and then the seventh doctor mentioned uh, right after his regeneration that he was uh, 953, I believe, the same age as Zorani, and I just thought by his ninth life he should be a little bit older. I've always assumed, I guess, that uh, he's lived uh, quite a few years more in each life than what we actually see, of course, on the broadcast. But anyway, uh, just uh, something to think about, and I was just wondering your thoughts on that. I just kind of figured that uh, he should be significantly older than 900 and just something I thought about. But anyway, I want to thank you for uh, uh, all that you do with the pod uh, shocks and appreciate them very much and uh, be looking forward to your next one. Thanks for everything. Bye. Well, uh, if I may uh, answer that, I mm-hmm. Chris Eccleston mentioned something about 900 years of, t- of traveling. Uh, you, uh, a phone box. Tra- you were taking the words out of my head again. So well, we don't know if... <laughs> I'm a, I take that to mean that there was a good period of time where he wasn't traveling, so yes. that he's probably I, over a thousand. I, I I think the doctor's now aged far enough that he's a little bit more maybe age sensitive and doesn't want to really you know and just rounds it off to nine hundred <laughs> years. <laughs> you know, like some people, I'm always how old are you? Twenty nine, twenty. Well, you've been twenty nine for the past how long? How many years? Now? <laughs> I have one friend who every year has her whatever 15th annual 21st birthday she just <laughs> annually celebrates a 21st birthday that must be every year that must be one hell of a bender <laughs> 20, 21 years gosh big milestone so, uh, in the u.s that's how I kind of uh, reason it with it is that because throughout the, all of the 2005 series, um, it, it's always like what Ken just said. Uh, it was empty child where the phone rings in uh, the in the police box. You know where he's outside of his TARDIS and the phone rings and he he makes a comment. You know over 900. He says in 900 years a phone box travel that's never rang before and. <laughs> and and we know and and he w- it was was stuck in a police box with William Hartnell and Unearthly Child. Unearthly so child. that's nine hundred years and he was from man that from yeah from the age he was at Unearthly Child to Empty Child uh, it was nine hundred years if that's the case and, my, and we don't know how old he was then. Flashing back to Empty Child, Empty Child, Doctor Dances. By the way, loved the line in there about. Um, one of these days, I'm going to meet someone who gets the whole don't wander oh, off. Wander away. It's just great stuff. Which which kind of ties into the girl in the fireplace because there's another reference yeah, to that again. Reference. You like that, Ken. You like that. <laughs> okay. So, um, so yeah, that's how I, I see it is that he's just uh, rounding things off to 900 and uh, um, his, exact, his, exact, uh, his exact age is actually priced. Perhaps you know, he's having a Time Lord midlife crisis. Yeah, I think so. You know, you know he's, getting, he's on his 10th regeneration now, so he doesn't, may, maybe he doesn't want to think about how old he really is. And then <laughs> it goes back to this whole you know, loneliness thing and being the only one left and all that, so maybe he's just... I wonder, just to... I wonder if there's this, a huge stigma about uh, being a thousand and there is to maybe being like 40 or 50, say, for us. Or I, I think, yeah, a thousand's one of those big years. Those yeah, big, one of those big numbers. One of those zero years. It's a, mi- it's a milestone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, well, um, but go on, Andy, I did want to thank you for all your kind oh, comments yes, about sorry, Dr. Hupachok. So thank you, thank you very much. Notice. You know, one of the things that we read and hear so often and... and well, I'm always thanking the listeners, but I, I really want to point this one thing out. Do you know how many times, if I had a dollar for every time I either heard or read the word addicted to, <laughs> I think we'd, we'd all have be five dollars, right? 
<laughs> well, I've got- thankfully, the Surgeon General has not declared Pawchuck dangerous to your health, so <laughs> yet. <laughs> the is young. <laughs> okay. So what other feedback do we have, Lewis? Uh, just a quick mention. Uh, Brian Smith from Madrid, Spain, wrote to us. Um, I'm not sure if, you're, if I'm your first Spanish-based listener, but, the fr- but Frapper doesn't seem to show any others. Um, I should just make a comment about that. That frap, the Frapper map, when you go to our Frapper map, it only shows 50 pins. We have like over 500. You have I, to I don't even know go to number. the bottom and change the number of pins. Yeah, yeah I just want to let you. So if you think that you're the only one in your area, you just may not be seeing all the pins. So there's, uh, as I said, there's over 500 uh, people on our Frapper map frapper map now so um i'm sure there might be someone else there but as ken says you have to adjust um, yeah. i'm sorry james i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there i was just going to say another way you can do it is if you zoom in on an area mm-hmm. so if you were to zoom in over spain it will show you all the pins relating to that country because it, it can only generate so yes. many pins on the screen on the once. screen that's it at one time so you can either zoom in or you can you can see 50 at a time throughout the world. So we, you know, we do have, as you say, it, probably near the 600s now, I'd guess. Yeah, and I haven't looked lately. I know it's a few weeks ago it was over 500. I know, and I now know that also on the site we've had over 600,000 hits, which is all these milestones just keep passing us and we keep forgetting to mention them because... Uh, <laughs> well, I'm incredible. sure our listeners probably get bored with us <laughs> as well, so <laughs> maybe it's just as well. Um, so Brian goes on to say that we've been enjoy- we're enjoying uh, Season 28 here at the moment by various means. And we also have uh, Season 27 running on satellite TV. It has a Spanish audio track, and I may be able to give you some insight on how it sounds in the future. Cool. Uh, I thought, <clears throat> thought you would like to know I've slowly been um, incalculating, uh, or uh, maybe I'm not sure if I'm reading that right, um, inc- incul- inculcating, I'm sure I'm fouling this up, everyone t- I teach English um, with who? Showing the end of the world from season 27, uh, which is in many ways better, uh, a better intro to the concept of, of who than Rose. So um, my list so far stands at uh, 14 primary school teachers, one corporate lawyer, uh, three auditors, 36 teenagers, oh, and my other half. And she's seen them all now, and uh, we're well into season 28. Uh, the response from them all have been overwhelming positive. Uh, although the show has had no impact whatsoever on popular culture in Spain with li- uh, within living memory, uh, I I even had to make a tape of someone of some of the episodes for for the lawyer. Uh, once I read an interview with science with a science fiction author who became a fan of Blake Seven, after being introduced to it from uh, by a friend, she pointed out how sci-fi fans. Are like drug addicts. <laughs> they always want to create more, ad- and we always want to create more addicts. I think it's. It, I think I may be graduating to a dealer. <laughs> anyway, keep up the great work. Two hours wallowing in Pachak a week is jolly good fun. Cheers, Brian Smith, Madrid, awesome. Spain. Thanks, fella. Grand. Yeah, and it ties together with Ken's comment about um, being addicts and um, dr- uh, drug pup pushes now. I <laughs> <laughs> also wanted to say uh, thanks a lot to some of the people on the Doctor Who Podshock MySpace who have been sending in messages, uh, Athena007 and a few other folks who have been commenting and, and uh, participating there. So that's been 
It's been great fun. I mean, there's so many ways of mm -hmm. reaching us between the website, the public call box, the Skype, the gizmos, and the... <laughs> the gizmos. <laughs> uh, the frapper map, and uh, MySpace. So there's 18 trillion ways. Yeah. I, it, there better not be somebody out there because, you know, I've been trying to get in touch with you guys, but I, I just can't figure out how. <laughs> <laughs> what? If they listen to the show, then um, they, they they're not know. paying attention. Yeah, they're, they're not paying attention. <laughs> but just as the the final kind of feedback of the week, um, we got an email from a chap called Jeff oh, Smith. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if this is the chap's real name because it may well be his um, avatar's name in Second Life. And and for those of you who don't know, Second Life is uh, is a privately owned uh, subscription based. Uh, massively multiplayer online game. Well, what on earth does mm -hmm. that mean? It's basically an online game where you're, you play the part of an own avatar that you can customize in, in a world of everybody's own creation online. And uh, he sent us an email to let us know that uh, there was something funny near Adam Curry's castle. He saw a TARDIS there, and he sent in a snapshot, which you'll see now if you're in the live, uh, the enhanced podcast feed, I should say, and also, I've taken a, a picture of, of my avatar stood next to it. And then he also sent me an email after we spoke in Second Life briefly. He said, hey, James, cool to see you in Second Life uh, so quick. I'm very much a newbie in the Second Life thing. It was very funny with all the Daleks as well. Oh, yeah, I should mention that there are Daleks there as well. You can uh, have, a, like, a Dalek skin to your character, and it does, like, you can say things like exterminate, and uh, there's also... Um, like uh, the the whole laser, I want to say the Dalek laser beam, but their death ray or whatever. Um, but anyway, he says, I just wanted to give you your, uh, give pros to your podcast. Production is excellent, and the flow and order of the show is great. The whole podcasting has really been cool for us indie musicians as well, thanks to the PMN. That's the Podcast Music Network, for those of you not in the know. Um, I've been writing loads of new tunes for podcasts. One specifically is called Rose, about, yes, Miss Tyler. Kind of like Ben Folds type of song, but I had to write it for the after the last season finale. I've had some UK podcasters spin it, and so obviously it would be great for some uh, someone at the Beeb to hear it. I can wish, can't I? Anyway, if you can take a listen to it over on the PMN if you like. No biggie. I mostly just wanted to write in and say, great job, keep it up, and uh, if I get back to the UK... I'll buy you a few pints. Take care and tell the others that they rock as well. So there you go, guys. We rock. That's from Jeff Smith. So <laughs> cool. Thanks, like fellas. And by the way, uh, James will take you up on those couple pints. He'll, he's going to. Oh yeah, absolutely. A special file cabinet for people who say. <laughs> <laughs> take one, one of my... <laughs> I believe on the 27th of May, you, you said uh, that you would buy me a pint. I'm, I'm still waiting. <laughs> well, maybe not quite that bad, but yeah, I'll, I'll check his stuff out on the PMN, and um, we'll, I'll, we'll, we'll hopefully include it in uh, a podcast in the near future. So cheers for that, mm -hmm. Jeff. Yes. And boys, I'm, e I'm uh, forwarding, you, forwarding you a message from Leela, from the DWNY group that uh, she had posted on MySpace. Um, but I wanted to thank her for posting there as well. And you guys will read the message. It's about some of the uh, stuff that we're selling in the Doctor Who apparel department. And don't forget, you can order stuff, uh, you know, uh, Doctor Who Podshock, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, all kinds of things. Uh, and that's available, of course, on the website, www 
podshock.net or www.gallifreyandembassy.org. Uh, along the side there, you can find various things and and um, lots of wonderful pictures of people in their podshock apparel to mm-hmm. peruse in the uh, in the uh, galleries. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, we want to make an announcement. We have um, we, there's a new um, podcast in the fold, another Doctor Who podcast. This one uh, coming out of London, and um, I haven't I, at the time of this recording, I've downloaded the two that are episodes that are available, but I just haven't had the time to listen to them yet. So, but I'm um, from what I understand, they're very good, they are, and yes. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Paul Wilson is the person responsible behind the Who Cast, and. Uh, you can find out more about them by going to thewhocast.com. Uh, Paul is also um, is on our forums as Paul as Podsafe Paul, and has um, we have a thread about the Whocast there. This is not to be confused with Podcast Who, that um, Podcast Who's Tom Dillahunt's um, Doctor Who podcast, which episodes are sometimes uh, called Whocasts. Just so it's, I know there's a little similarity there. So it's a different podcast altogether. It's called Whocast. The website is thewhocast.com. Cool. And we're going to play a promo for that, too, in this episode of Doctor Who Podshock. So uh, the promo for that will probably be um, somewhere in this episode. Awesome. So stay tuned for that. And, uh, yeah, check it out and let us know what you think. Because he's uh, been been very kindly promoting our own show uh, on his website. So Mm -hmm. thanks very much, Paul. Paul. Yeah, very kind. Yes, thank you so much. And, you know, we we have a very... Um, a very straightforward policy when it comes to Doctor Who podcasts and podcasts in general, and and in Doctor Who fandom, and that is we're we're all about inclusion and mm-hmm. not about exclusion. You know, we're all yes. about co-promoting and and um, helping each other out because we are just one giant global community when it comes to being Doctor Who fans. Absolutely. Right. And it helps pushing, you know, as drug deals, you know, we got to <laughs> keep those networks established and getting that tattoo out there to everyone. <laughs> so, um, so I guess that's, that's a wrap. It's another tattoo Pachak. Great. Um, yeah. Done and dusted. So, uh, yeah, thanks uh, everybody. I'll be putting out, as I say, I don't know, um, whether it will have been out there at the time of this recording, hopefully so, but there should be circulating around the feeds, or will be, uh, mm-hmm. my convention report from yeah, the Cavern really Club. Good. So uh, look forward to that, and uh, I, I encourage anyone who, uh, who went to the Cavern and didn't get the chance to meet me or whatever to send in audio comments or whatever, we'll be more happy to play them on the show. So there you are. Awesome, and, guys. And, and coming up very soon for Lewis and I, uh, we're supposed to be going up to... Uh, Massachusetts, right, for the uh, event up there? Is that still the, is that still the case, Lewis? Uh, to my understanding, the event is, um, I believe, if memory serves, it's um, May 28th. Is, or No, it's a Saturday, so it's a 27th, I believe, um, for the one-day event in Boston. Mm-hmm. And it's... Um, the Memorial Day, here in the United States, Memorial Day Saturday. Memorial Day yeah. weekend, the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, which was the May 27th uh, one-day event. Um in Massachusetts, and Lewis and I are giving it our best attempt to be up there, so that should be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to try. I have some family matters on the plate right now, but uh, hopefully I will be there. Yes, we're keeping our fingers crossed. And and 
on behalf of James and, and hopefully the entire audience, you know, our, our, our thoughts are with you, of course, Lewis. Lewis is, um, as you said, he's had some, fam- some family matters that are, that are occupying his thoughts and time. So, um, you know, Lewis is the heart and soul of everything that we do with Podshock. Um, James and I are, are, you know, we're just role players, but when it yes. comes down to it, he's everything to the show. And, you know, without him, there wouldn't be a, a pod well, shop. And in fairness, I wouldn't be able to do the show without you too. So, um, you know, you, you're, oh, you're yes, you just, you did it without <laughs> us. Remember? Yeah. But you, and you know how bad it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. It was awesome. <laughs> now, please. So, um, well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your thoughts and, um, hopefully, um, everything will work out. I'm sure it will. But, um, I, I do apologize. There's been some delays. Uh, we have two episodes kind of in pre post-production right now overlapping each other and, um, they'll get out to you eventually. There's just, um, unforeseeable delays and, um, it's, so, but they'll get, they'll get to you. It's not a problem, mate. We, of course we appreciate it. And I think we've been, uh, very prolific and of course, well, you've been very prolific, I should say, in your editing and everything. So mm. I shouldn't worry about that, mate. Uh, when they come out, is uh, is fine by me. You know that fella. I, it's just unfortunate that we've created such an addiction that you know we <laughs> have some people with, with withdrawal that are going to be on the <laughs> sweating. They're all in the Betty Ford clinic yeah, right now. In the clinic somewhere. With the pod shocks delayed this week. <laughs> You're wiping their brow. Well, at, at least they'll be able to listen to pre, uh, previous episodes. I need episodes. my shock. <laughs> I need my shock. They got electroshock therapy because they. <laughs> well, guys, another fun time as always. Uh, you know, always have a great time. And yes. and Lewis, I'm, I'm sure I'll be seeing you within the next 24 hours to, to get my fix. Okay. <laughs> You'll be seeing a girl in your fireplace. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank Take you care, so much. Everyone. Bye for now. Ciao. Okay. Cheers. Ciao. Where did that come from? A special thanks goes out to Jill Arroway of the Signal Podcast for making the Elizabeth Sladen Doctor Who Podshock promo ID possible. Thank you, Jill. You rock. been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan-run GallifreyanEmbassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. The little dog with a nasty bite. Not so powerful now, are you?